Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, December 12th, 2022. Imagine being told that there is a lion behind you. What would you feel? I'm guessing on some level, you would experience fear. Uh, You would experience trembling, knowing that you are in danger. But then imagine looking to see what is there and instead seeing a lamb, uh, a a lamb who has been slain. Today, we're looking at really one of the most powerful pictures of the person of Jesus Christ in the scriptures as we look at Revelation chapter 5 and we see Jesus Christ as the lion and the lamb. Uh, As we come into Revelation 5, remember we are really looking at the throne room of heaven. That's what we saw described in chapter 4. And now we come to chapter 5. And it says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Now there's discussion about what this scroll is. I've often heard that this scroll is the title deed to the earth. Uh, I think that's a good suggestion, but I don't think the text really is um, very specific about this. But from the idea of it being sealed and written on both sides, you do get the sense that whatever it is, it's very important. And whatever it is, there's only going to be one person who has the right to take this important document and open it. And first then there's the scene that, well, no one can open it. And even John weeps loudly because no one is able to open it. And one of the elders says to John, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. So there you see this picture of majesty and might, right? The lion of the tribe of Judah. And then the root of David. Remember, David is a king. So this kingly lion has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And so then what what does John actually see? Well, verse 6, And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. So here we we start to really see 
the picture and we see the worship and we see what kind of lion is this? Because he is presented as a lion, a a kingly creature who conquers. But how did this lion conquer? Well, this lion conquered as a lamb, as one who had been slain. And as it says later in verse 9, that because the lamb was slain, its blood has ransomed people for God. The king that we worship, our savior, he is mighty. He is a conqueror, but he is one who was slain and slain for us because by his blood, we have been ransomed. That's an amazing thing. And that even reminds us of the might of Jesus Christ. And even his suffering and his death, he was by no means a victim, a hapless victim. He was in control of the whole situation. He was, he is the lion and the lamb. He is the conqueror who volunteered himself up and conquered through shedding his blood. And you can see, what's the response to us thinking about this truth? Well, it should be the same response that we see from those in heaven. One of worship. Look at what they go on to say in verse 12. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. So here, as you consider these words, and it says all the things that the lamb is worthy of. I think it's a good thing to check our own hearts to say, say, um, if these are the things that the lamb is worthy to receive, am I giving those things? Am I offering to the lamb all of my power and my wealth and my wisdom and my might and honor and glory and blessing? Am I personally Uh, giving those things to the lamb because he is worthy. That really needs to be the response as we consider this picture. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, he is the lion and the lamb. And he and he alone is worthy. And we uh, want to offer to him what he deserves. And so I hope that This reading today really sets your whole day on a trajectory of worship. And really, uh, that that wouldn't just be in the songs that you sing or the words that you say, but that today you would really be giving uh, to the Lamb all of your power, your wealth, your wisdom, your might, your honor, your glory, and your blessing. That you would be bestowing all of those things on the Lamb today because He is worthy, because He was slain. Uh, He is the lion and the lamb. Uh, Let's go back to the Old Testament now to Daniel 4 through 6. And I want to see, I want to show you how we we should see the same theme from yesterday being developed today. Courage and grace under fire. I think you really see a lot of grace in chapter 4 when you look at Daniel talking to King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, uh, the bigger picture of chapter 4 is, 
is really Nebuchadnezzar's pride and how even though he is warned by God, he does not repent and he ends up being punished for his pride, but then he comes back around and gives glory to God. And even uh, the whole chapter is really attributed to King Nebuchadnezzar. He is the one saying, hey, you guys need to hear this. You guys need to know what God has done. Uh, But you also see uh, the grace of Daniel in this. As they come and He gets this vision, right? Nebuchadnezzar has this dream and Daniel is brought in to uh, interpret the dream. And he understands that this interpretation means bad things for Nebuchadnezzar. Now, again, if you were in Daniel's shoes, Nebuchadnezzar is a bad guy. He's tried to kill your three friends in the fiery furnace, Uh, If you or I were in Daniel's shoes, when we understand this dream meets bad things for Nebuchadnezzar, I think we would be tempted to say, ha, you're going to get what's coming to you, King Nebuchadnezzar. And frankly, it's about time. But look at what Daniel says uh, to King Nebuchadnezzar, because he understands the dream. And it says in verse 19 that his thoughts alarmed him. And the king answered and said, Belteshazzar, that was his name for Daniel, let not the dream or the interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My Lord, may the dream be for those who hate you and its interpretation for your enemies. Do you see the grace Daniel has toward Nebuchadnezzar? He doesn't want evil. He doesn't wish evil on King Nebuchadnezzar, even though King Nebuchadnezzar is an evil person. But he does go on to call King Nebuchadnezzar to repentance. Verse 27, Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed, that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. That's a great model for us. We live in a world surrounded by wicked people. And maybe you look at your boss as a wicked person or uh, someone that you know as a wicked person, or you look at at the political leaders we have and see their wickedness. Uh, Can you, like Daniel, say, man, I I don't wish evil on those people, but if given an opportunity, I, I want to call them to repentance. He sets a great example, really, of evangelism in chapter 4. So again, you see that courage and grace uh, under fire. Chapter 5 tells the story of the writing on the wall, and you see that uh, Nebuchadnezzar's son here is following in the prideful footsteps of his father, and he ends up being killed. And this is where even we see some of the fulfillment of uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream in chapter two, how this next kingdom, the Medes and the Persians, they're coming in and taking over um, from the Babylonians. And then the very familiar story of Daniel and the lion's den in chapter six, kind of like we've already seen in Daniel, we see his resolve. In particular here, he is resolved to pray. And when they make prayer illegal, he doesn't stop. He doesn't even alter what he's doing. He keeps on praying. And again, like we've seen so many times already in this book, God honors Daniel. God honors his conviction as he seeks to serve the Lord. 
Lord, and God protects him in the lion's den, well, uh, where when uh, his accusers, when they get thrown into the lion's den, it says before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. All right. It's a clear act of God's providence there to protect Daniel, who Stay true to his convictions to honor God through prayer. So I hope as we've read these first six chapters of Daniel, we've seen those themes come through clearly. Daniel and his friends were were men of conviction. They were going to honor God no matter what the cost. But they also, in those convictions, showed grace. Just like we see Daniel uh, with Nebuchadnezzar clearly not wishing evil upon the king, but graciously calling the king to repentance. I hope those are things that we can model. And again, what will help us do that? What will give us both the courage and the grace? Having the right view of God, which today, again, our view of God should be informed by that powerful vision that the lion, the conqueror that we worship, is also the lamb who was slain so that we might be redeemed. May we truly live like he is worthy today. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, just go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.